Welcome to the In Plain Language Podcast. My name is Kelsey, and I'm the founder of Multi the Blue Tiger Bilingual Children's Books, found in homes and classrooms around the world. I'm truly so excited that you're here. You want your child's speech and language skills to thrive, which is exactly what this podcast will help make happen. Every other week, we'll be bringing you direct, tangible advice and tips about speech and language from top experts around the world. These are the language tools that will make an incredible difference in your child's life. Be sure to pick up your copy of the book, available in English and Spanish, or English and French, on Amazon today or at www.multithebluetiger.com. We even have signed and personalized editions available on our website. You can also shop our new bilingual audiobooks in English and Spanish on our website. When you use the code PODCAST, you can take 15% off your entire order. These resources will help your kids learn new language skills and embrace their unique voice. Chances are you remember an incredible storyteller from when you were a child. Maybe that person read to you in a way that made you fall in love with books or remember a story for years to come. Perhaps they built up the suspenseful parts just right, or had the goofiest character voices. Good storytelling is certainly an admirable trait, and it makes those 20 to 30 minutes of story time much more fun for everyone in the family. But it also helps your child become an avid reader themselves, and a skilled one. That's because good storytelling not only engages children in the stories they hear, but it builds reading skills like reading comprehension, visualization, and critical thinking. All of these skills lend themselves to a love of books and success in school for years to come. After all, most academic learning begins with enjoying and understanding text. There are so many things you can do at home to make storytelling more engaging for your kids. For this episode, I talk to the people who know storytelling for kids best, voiceover artists. They have incredible tips for making story time more compelling and influential for your child. You'll hear from Shelly Baez, a bilingual voiceover artist based in New York City. You may have heard her as the voice of Malti in our new bilingual Malti the Blue Tiger audiobooks. She's also done a number of other impressive projects. So I have been in the voiceover industry for a little over 10 years now. I kind of slipped, tripped, and fell into it because I, right out of college, became an intern at a TV and radio station in Orlando, Florida, Univision, if you're familiar with Univision Networks. And I worked in their sales department and kind of would be pulled in to read scripts for different commercials slowly. And then I fell in love with the art of using my voice as kind of to paint these pictures. I have slowly but surely kind of carved out my niche within the voiceover world. So I do commercials as well, but I have a strong, strong passion for children's education, for children's multimedia. And so I've kind of gone down that avenue. Um, I've voiced toys and I've voiced commercials for children's toys. I've voiced audiobooks um, and animation projects, which are really, really fun. So I've kind of, now I'm kind of living in that bubble of children's multimedia voiceover. You'll also hear great tips from Brock Powell, a voiceover artist based in Los Angeles. 
He is the voice of the infamous Kool-Aid Man and a number of other characters for children's shows and games. Yeah, so uh, most famously, I was the voice of the Kool-Aid Man. Uh, So over the last five years, I've gotten to do a few commercials that a lot of people on Nickelodeon have seen. Um, Oh, yeah, Uh, which has been super fun. I also work a lot in children's animation out here in Los Angeles. I'm on a couple different shows that you can find on uh, Disney Plus, Netflix, um, done some work for uh, video games that kids have probably played. I was the voice uh, voice match for Adam Sandler for Hotel Transylvania, uh, the game that came out uh, not too long ago. Um, so I don't say blah, 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 unless they ask me to say blah, blah, blah. And then I do. Mainly my full-time thing is doing children's animation and working as a voice actor on uh, network television and uh, anime and all sorts of fun fun projects. Uh, I do a lot of monster sounds and creature sounds and kind of anything you can think of. I sort of probably have a, have a hand and or paw, I guess. <laughs> Both Shelly and Brock approach their projects in strategic ways. And you can use the same strategies in your own storytelling at home. Shelly says there are a number of tricks she uses when telling a story for kids, such as using a lot of variation in her pitch to keep their attention. For, I would say the very first thing that I pay attention to is the fact that at the end of the day, they are kids and they love something that makes them laugh. Like, engaging them by using humor and by using sort of um, a playful melody in your voice, it really grabs their attention versus being very monotone with their voices. Uh, Children have a shorter attention span than adults. And so we need to grab them within the first few seconds. And sometimes that means that you're pitching your voice higher and more what you imagine a princess to sound like versus being really monotone. And even sometimes with adult projects, you want to go kind of deeper and more rich with kids. You want to play around with the melody. It's a lot more musical for them. Um, And also you gotta, you gotta play, you gotta have fun. Kids can tell when you're having fun, you know, even when you're probably back in school, you remember your favorite teachers were the ones that would tell the stories by making up all of the, the voices in the stories um, versus the teachers that just read straight from the book. So using that as an opportunity to act, to, you know, be silly and, and the intention behind it should be that kids remember this little moment, whether it's an audio book, they remember the little silly voice that came out of a certain character or that they remember, you know, um, the laugh or the the pitch of whatever project it is. So I would say, ultimately, the first thing I think about is, if I was a kid, <laughs> what would I be drawn to? And for me, it would be higher pitches or a little like melody in the voice and silliness all the way. Like causing giggles is the one thing that I think attracts kids the most. Now, if creating a character voice off the top of your head while you're reading a storybook to your child, let's say at the end of a long day, doesn't just come naturally to you, take a closer look at the illustration of the character for inspiration. You'll be using the book's artwork as context for other parts of the story, in this case, the character voices. Something your child is also learning to do as they build their reading comprehension and critical thinking skills. 
By using those illustrations to inform your character voices, you'll be inspiring your child to also use clues from the book to fill in any gaps and to think deeply about the story. Looking to illustrations for vocal inspiration is something many voiceover artists do, including Brock. Most actors will tell you this, that as voice actors, we look, at the, we look at the picture first. So if we have an image, a drawing, like even just like a rough idea or a sketch of like, okay, that's what that character looks like. So you may get a couple words on top and like, hey, his name is Marty. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, a tough, he's a tough, angry uh, tangerine. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I don't really know what a tangerine sounds like particularly. But as soon as I take a look at that picture and I see oh, wow, he's got these big eyes and a tiny mouth, right? You know, you might look at that and think, all right, well, he's about the size of a, <laughs> of a real tangerine, so he's not really big. So if he's got like a small mouth and kind of this tough guy thing, you know, you start to put, put in your body a little bit and imagine that he's sort of talking up at everybody. Like, hey, watch where you're stepping. I don't want to become juice. Hey, be careful. I got pulp. You know, so... So just really kind of has a little grit to him. Maybe he's a little like got, has a little guy syndrome or something like that. Kind of like really trying to prove that he's a tough guy. Uh, or likewise, if I look at the picture and it's a big tangerine, giant, giant, and he's got a big mouth and a big smile. Uh, I would sort of change my physicality and change the performance to be a little more. <laughs> he probably is really sweet and big. And so the sound probably feels a little rounder. Uh, you know, like like that Patrick Star kind of thing. Uh, and so he's probably not too bright because he's high in vitamin C, but not high IQ. So, yeah. And, and so I make cha- changes and choices like that by physically looking at the picture first. And then once I kind of have it in my body and I can make those characters different, because a lot of times voice actors are being asked to perform as multiple voices, if not at the same time, in the same scene. So the easiest way to keep the voices different, and this would be something I would say you could use when you're talking specifically about reading kids' books to kids live, uh, physically coming up with a choice. So if, you know, you're doing uh, a Wicked Witch voice from Snow White, right? Giving her a, a hunch, you know, you know, you can't see me doing it, but you can hear it. The nose almost grows and the fingernails are long and there's an apple. You know, there's there's... All these things happen when you let the physicality lead you. Um, as stick, sticking with Snow White, that's a great example. Like if you had to read Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs to a group of kids, each of those dwarves would have to have a different physicality. And the voice may not change that much. So, you know, Sleepy's pretty easy. Just <laughs> add a little bit of yawning in there. Grumpy's probably one of my favorites, right? Because you just cross your arms and furl your brow. And then there's... <laughs> A sneezy who's probably got a big nose, I imagine, as well, really stuffed up. And you got Happy, who is <laughs> happy. And Doc, who, you know, has those big glasses and a plan. Um, and, and maybe I'm not doing a perfect impression of whatever somebody might think what they think of the dwarves. But the point is, I'm bringing them to life my way. I'm giving you my version of them. And I think that's the biggest thing, is giving yourself permission to... Um, Let your imagination go and come up with your version and your response. For the child listening to a story, using these voices or sound effects also strengthens their visualization skills or the ability to see what they're listening to or reading, says Shelley. 
These skills will be particularly helpful for them once they grow past picture books and need to imagine the worlds described in chapter books that don't have that many pictures. For instance, the Harry Potter books have such intricate fantasy worlds that require strong visualization skills. And for that reason, kids usually aren't ready for them until they're about eight years old. It actually just kind of brings the characters to life. Because in reality, a character won't, if if the character is sleepy, you have to kind of remember, oh wait, the character is sleepy. They're not going to just speak at full volume right away. They're going to probably yawn a little bit because they're so sleepy. So I think adding tiny little things that a normal being would do brings the character, gives it more dynamic. Uh, it's, it's makes the character more dynamic and also creates a three dimension kind of image of the character in the kid's eyes. Cause the kids are envisioning, you know, when you're telling a story, the kids are envisioning it all happen in their heads, oftentimes animated cause that's what they know. And so you give them this little extra sound effect and the kids will envision that happening. You'll see, oh, they're going to see in the in their heads the bear yawning. And it just adds to it. It gives them more personality. Um, and in voiceover, that those little sound effects are called wallas, which are actually my favorite word in voiceover. It's really important to kind of give more personality to the characters that you're reading so that the kids can kind of get, get engaged to it. Changing your voice throughout the story will also improve your child's reading comprehension skills because it'll help them separate dialogue from narration, exciting moments from sad moments, and so forth, says Shelley. It doesn't really take too much artistry to create a new voice as a parent, let's say, if you're just reading a book. Sometimes it just takes a really simple pitching up or pitching lower, you know, so, you know, being like, a man versus a girl, things like that. Um, But it allows the children to imagine two different characters and therefore connect. Sometimes the the, the sentence is a little bit better. If they're hearing the same voice in both ways, especially in a picture book, sometimes there's dialogue. If you're hearing the dialogue in the same pace and the same voice, you're not noticing sometimes that it's a dialogue you just hear it as one big paragraph so ultimately audiobooks are what you know back in the olden times radio shows used to be you know where they like little orphan annie where it was like an entire production sometimes at this point it is just one person like myself doing the entire production but uh, as a parent you can do it yourself as well. Uh, your kids are not going to judge you, I promise. They're not going to say, oh my gosh, you do not deserve an Oscar for that voice. Uh, they're going to laugh. And the, the funnier, the sillier you go, the better. That's going to grab their attention because it's different from your speaking voice. So giving different voices captures their attention a lot more because they're like, la, 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 la. oh, this is different. And then they kind of hone into what you're saying. Um, when the kids ask you to read the same book, actually repeat it, right? Sometimes they'll be like, can you read it again? And you're like, oh, okay, I just finished it. Yeah, it's really great to, you know, use this as an opportunity to kind of get in your little acting mode and imagine yourself going on stage for a second encore performance. Um, So having these little characters carved out in your own mind helps. Sometimes you can change them up because it's, whatever you want to do. You're the parent, you're the storyteller. Um, 
but in the kids' eyes, it really cements a personality, a persona that they'll never forget that. They're always going to remember the sleepy lion or, you know, things like that. Of course, reading stories out loud is also a great way to model appropriate reading fluency for your child, which is the ability to read with expression and at the right pace, not too fast and not too slow. How you pace yourself throughout the story will depend on how old your little one is, says Shelley. So if it's an audiobook geared at three to five-year-olds, you're going to go a little slower. You're going to kind of take your time when you're saying sentences, but you got, you got to remember that a lot of these picture books are one sentence per word, I mean per page rather, one sentence per page. And so children are much more susceptible to listen to the tiny little voice of the turtle versus this entire paragraph of what the dialogue had to do with. Um, and so slowing down the pace uh, at the earlier ages is the most important thing. As you get older, so like five to seven-year-olds, you can kind of speed up a bit. And then by eight to 10-year-olds, you can speak more at your normal, you know, your normal pace that you would um, because you, they can comprehend a lot faster. And at that point, they're probably forming their own images in their heads versus little kids sometimes need a little bit of visual aids to go along with it. Uh, I think with audiobooks, the visuals become the character voices. As part of your storytelling, be sure to pause and ask questions. This not only encourages your child to participate, which will boost their reading confidence, but it also gives you the chance to gauge their reading comprehension. I would say giving pauses or even asking questions. I love that in particular, the, the multi um, audiobooks, we ask questions, you know, kind of call and, and uh, like a call to action. I think that's really good. Even if you're the one reading the book, asking the children, you know, what color is the car? Or um, what did the, the cow say? You know, because then they will start comprehending what they're hearing. They're not just listening. And sometimes if the book that they are reading is very visual. Sometimes they get really bogged down into the visuals and they start looking. So asking these questions that to, in their eyes, it doesn't, it's just a simple question, but in your eyes, it's asking, do they comprehend what we are reading or what we are seeing? Because story time is frankly every night for some parents and it can get really repetitive and, and uh, it can become a chore to some people. So it's really nice to keep it fresh and upbeat during story time. Beyond all of the reading skills your child will get from great storytelling, Brock points out that most importantly, it'll help them have a good time. When you're having fun and you're throwing yourself into it and, and just letting your imagination go and they can see that you're having a good time, they're going to have a good time. That's the most important thing. Also, teaching kids an important thing, which is we go through most of our life talking. And when you read to your kids, you give them a unique ability to really enjoy listening. And that's an important thing to teach kids too, I think. Um, listening is kind of, a, kind of a magical thing too. You can get a lot more from, from life if you spend a little more time enjoying the moments. And I, you know, my childhood had a lot of ups and downs, but some of my happiest memories were when my dad would read to my sister and I. And I mean, he would get into the characters and be so hilarious and physical and, and just, I just remember those being some of those, ha like Shel Silverstein poems were, were, I think the go-to thing that we would do or, um, 
scary stories or, you know, uh, my dad would tell the story about the man with the golden hand, which still gives me gives gives me chills when I think about it. You can follow both Brock and Shelly on social media. I put their Instagram handles in the description of this podcast episode. Here's also a snippet of Shelly's work on our new Multi the Blue Tiger bilingual audiobooks. Remember, you can get yours for 15% off using the code PODCAST at multithebluetiger.com. Again, that's the code PODCAST. Take a listen to this incredible storytelling by Shelly in Multi and the Talent Show. As the sun rose in Biscuit Brook one morning, all of the animals seemed to buzz with excitement. Today's the day! Howled the gray wolves, los lobos grises. Can you howl like a wolf, un lobo? Give it a try. Inténtalo. That was a great howl. Today is the day, hoy es el día, sang the deer, los siervos, as they leaped through the grass. Hoy es el día, shouted Malty the blue tiger, Marita la tigresita azul, as she tied on her yellow scarf. All of the animals in Biscuit Brook were very excited because the annual talent show, El Concurso de Talentos, was taking place that day. During the show, each animal was going to showcase their unique talent, su talento singular, for a chance to win an unlimited supply of delicious Biscuit Brook honey, miel, for an entire year. It's true. Es verdad, por un año entero. The wolves, los lobos, were preparing a howling song to sing with their noses pointed toward the sky, el cielo. The deer, los siervos, were preparing a dance, un baile in which they twirled around the grass and around trees. Malty was getting ready to show off her fierce roar, su rugido feroz. We'll be back with a new episode of In Plain Language in two weeks. In the meantime, if you can write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that is life to everyone who works so hard to produce and contribute to each and every episode. We'll be featuring some of your reviews here, so stay tuned. For more language inspiration and tips, follow Malty the Blue Tiger on social media and be sure to pick up your copies of the book available in English and Spanish or English and French to give the kids in your life the incredible gift of language and confidence in their unique voices.